Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome to Daily Daf Differently. Today we are studying Eruvin Ayin Bet, Eruvin page 72. Uh, it, in the previous page, we had a dispute which is about to be resolved in an interesting way. Rabbi Meir and the sages uh, disagreed about a number of points, what you could make uh, an Eruv out of, and whether or not it was necessary to make both an Eruv in the smaller unit, known as the courtyard, or whether the larger unit of the Mavui would cover all the associated courtyards, just one would be sufficient. So Rabbi Meir, uh, his position is that to make an Eruv in a local area, you need to join together with uh, bread. To make an Eruv, and even if you wanted to use wine as the common property, that wouldn't be sufficient. Uh, in the Mavui, you can use either bread or wine as you like. But if you make a uh, larger unit Eruv in the Mavui, in the, in the alleyway of which these courtyards are associated, you still need to make Eruvin in the individual courtyards, um, so that so the children don't forget the practice of making Eruvin in their local courtyards. They shouldn't say, you know, I don't ever remember any of our parents making Eruvin. When they grow up, they'll forget the whole thing. So Rabbi Meir says that all of that is required, that wine is the larger unit, bread is the local unit, and that there must be a local even if there is a, is a larger unit and the sages disagree. And they say that one macro Eruv is sufficient, and it doesn't matter if it is, is bread or wine. So anyway, the, on Ayin, that was on Ayin Aleph, on 71. Uh, on page 72, that is going to be resolved in an interesting way. I'd like to read this to you. Uh, it's a relatively short page, so this is near the top of 72a, if you're looking at it. Amar Rav Yehuda Amar Rav, Halacha to Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Yehuda, in the name of Rav, said the law follows Rabbi Meir. Ravuna Amar Minhag Te Rabbi Meir. Ravuna says that the practice accords him. Rav Yochanan Amar Nahaguha Am Te Rabbi Meir. And Rabbi Yochanan says the people behaved according to the words of Rabbi Meir. So you have three reports of, of the law according to him, or the practice uh, uh, according to Rabbi Meir. One says the law accords with him, one says the practice accords with him, and one says the people behaved like him. Now, this is one of three times in the whole Talmud, looked it up, one of three times in the whole Talmud that this locution, uh, this triple locution comes up. One was back just about ten pages ago, and one is in the Tractate Ta'anit. And it explains, the, uh, the in Ta'anit it says, and Rashi tells us here in Eruvin, uh, what, the, what these different designations mean. Halacha, in accordance with Rabbi Meir, means this is what people should be told to do. It's the optimal practice. We, we the rabbis, should pronounce, this is what you should do. Minhag ke Rabbi Meir, the practice accords with Rabbi Meir, says, listen, don't go around telling people to do it, but if somebody asks you, that's the proper answer. And the third position, nahaguha am ke Rabbi Meir, the people behaved like Rabbi Meir, 
doesn't, you, if somebody asks you a question, you don't even answer that way. But if somebody behaves this way, there's no need to object and no need to stop them. So in the, in the course of normativity, you have ladders in, in a Jewish life. You have ladders of normativity. You have the optimal practice, halakha, to so-and-so. You have the, the pretty good acceptable practice, which is the minhad, the custom, of course, to rabbi so-and-so. Uh, and then you have what people, in fact, do, which is not great, but there's no need to stop them. Now, what's interesting in our case today is that Rabbi Mayer's position uh, it, it, it sounds like the ladders you'd want the 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 strictest to be um, the strictest to be the the optimal and then decreasing strictnesses uh, for the for the other one. In fact, Rabbi Mayer is the strict position, so I don't entirely understand why Rabbi Yochanan would say, "Well, we don't have to stop people from acting strictly." I mean, maybe he's concerned that people are are overly overly strict. But anyway, I think this is quite interesting. This idea of graduated levels of halachic um, uh, evaluation from the law is to the practices to that's how people behave. The next Mishnah on our page is a dispute between Beit Hill and Beit Shammai. Imagine a big teraklin, a big, uh, you know, hall or a big, a big, you know, large collective room, and there are different groups in this hotel, let's call it, but a big, big open hotel. Uh, there are different groups in this hotel. Do they all have to make their individual eruvin or can they make one for the group? Beit Shammai says everybody, each of these five groups, has to make uh, their own individual Eruv. Beit Hillel says one macro Eruv suffices for all five groups. The Talmud goes on and tells us that uh, Beit Shammai holds that there have to be five individual Eruvim, even when there's like just a small, symbolic, low partition uh, in between each of these groups. And Beit Hillel holds that it is permissible, even if, permissible one big macro Eruv, even if, the divisions between the groups are very tall partitions. They don't reach all the way to the roof of the Tiraklin, all, all the way to the roof of the uh, of the hall. But they are big, tall partitions. Even so, Beit Hillel still says it is permissible to make only one uh, macro eruv, as the Talmud likes to do. We analyze each of the positions. And we say that, the, that their dispute extends even as far as I just said, that Beit, Beit Shammai would, would, would require uh, individual Eruvim even with the low partitions. Beit Hillel does not require one even with the great big partitions. And we want to know why the, the dispute is phrased in the Mishnah as it is. Um, and it says, Lahodia Kohan de Beit Hillel, to show you how strong their position is, that they are even going to permit a single Eruv with the big tall partitions. And the answer, the Talmud says, well, Say it the other way. Let's say, let's say that Beit Shammai is what we're really learning. The Beit Shammai requires five, even with the low partition. And the Talmud's answer to why it stresses Hillel's position is, Koach Gehetera Adif. The power of the permissive has evidentiary priority. Koach Gehetera Adif. Now, that's a phrase. The power of the permissible is, is preferable. We use it, colloquially speaking, sometimes to say, you know, like, Hey, things should be more lenient. We shouldn't be quite so uptight. Well, that's actually, I happen to agree with that as a, as a life, as a life principle. Uh, but it's not exactly what the Talmud means. Koach de Hetera Adif doesn't mean it is better to be lenient than to be strict. In, in fact, you could say it actually means the exact opposite. In principle, we understand that things are strict, but when somebody articulates a lenient position, we know that it has huge evidentiary power. Because 
all things being equal, we expect strict positions. But if somebody is going to say, this behavior is okay, this behavior is good, then we really think that that is a compelling testimony uh, to, what they, to what they think and to how, to how bold they are. So, koach dehiter avif, a valuable and important rabbinic principle, appears time to time in Talmud, not, not at all an uncommon point. And here's the point. If Bechel is willing to say that such and such thing is permissible, then we really know just how strong and how thorough and how confident they are, and that is uh, compelling and persuasive. All right, thanks for studying today's page with me, and I look forward to studying again with you tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.